Hi there, I'm Shara Beckley. For the organisations that we at FJ Wilson serve, websites are obviously a key component of their communication strategy. Here we discuss what makes a good website and how organisations can review their sites with a view to develop. With me to discuss this topic, I am pleased to have Anthony Haynes, Communications Director of FJ Wilson. Hi, Anthony. Hello, Shara. Awesome. Let's dive right in. So, Anthony, first it would be helpful to have a little more context. Given you're not a techie, where does this interest in how to assess a website come from? Well, you're right. I'm certainly not a techie. I'm not a web designer. I'm not a web developer. I don't have the knowledge to do that. But I think sometimes it's useful. There's no shortage of advice, by the way, from techies if you Google that on how to create good websites. Um, but I think it's useful to have a non-technical perspective, which after all, for most websites, most of the, the people using them will, will indeed be non-techies. So my interest, it started from actually many years ago, I wrote some studies for publication about various websites and the assessment or evaluation of them uh, in such sectors as uh, energy companies in Africa, for instance, uh, universities in the UK and so on. And I've also quite often written online copy. And um, although I haven't designed whole websites and I wouldn't know how to do that, when you write copy, even if you're only writing one page, of a website, you, of course, you have to look at the rest of the website to get the context and work out how things would fit in. And then the other source of interest I'd mention is specifically my work for FJ Wilson, where I mean, obviously, we encourage our candidates for jobs to to go and look at the websites of the organisations they're applying to. But actually, as part of our business development process, when we identify potential clients. We do actually scrutinise their websites quite carefully. And when you've done that a number of times, you start to kind of notice patterns about what makes for effective websites and what what doesn't. Absolutely. It's that shop window, isn't it? Yes. So what are the criteria that you use for assessing a website? Well, when I was thinking about how to prepare for this episode, I found I came up with, as I always do... (laughs) I came up with three points, and really I've arranged them as bronze, uh, silver, and gold. Excellent. We appreciate the consistency, Anthony. (laughs) Certainly we do. Um, It's so helpful. So what's our bronze? I think the bronze one is simply design aesthetics, about making making the what you want the website to look good. And um, the source that I use there to help me is a book by Robin Williams, I should say I'm not a designer, so though I think it's important to think about design, I'm not I'm not trained as a designer. So Robin Williams has written this marvelous book called The Non Designers Design Book. So we'll put the reference in the in the show notes. And it's one of the best self help books or how to books I've read on any subject actually. And what she says is, look, you might not be a designer, but it's quite likely in your work you have to interact with design and with designers in certain ways. And you need a sort of literacy, you need an ability to talk about design intelligently. And she says, look, there are four things you need to think about with design. And once you've thought about these four things, this won't make you expert, but it will give you that kind of you know threshold literacy and she defines those as the use of contrasts the way you, I, I won't go through them in detail mm-hmm. because 
um, that would take a long time. And, and incidentally, I have published a separate episode on, on, on the design aesthetics. So I'll, I'll put a reference to that in the show notes. But what Robin Williams says is you need to think about the way you use contrast in a design, the way you use, rep- she calls it repetition, I think it's sort of consistency of design, the way you use proximity. You know, are the things that are closely related in meaning actually spatially close? Uh, are the things that are quite separate in meaning, are they separated by plenty of space? So that um, space becomes a sort of semantic concept. And then the final one is alignment. So on the on the website page, how well do the different components align in a sort of, um, you know, geometric sense? In other words, maybe you want, maybe you've got some boxes on the page and you want all their left-hand lines to edges to align or maybe it's the right hand edges or maybe it's simply the horizontal alignment like you want all the the lower edges of each component to align but one way or another having a clear principle of alignment robin williams says will create a more uh, professional feel about the design or i like to say in my simple terms it's pleasing to the eye yes indeed Um, so you definitely want to spend a bit more time on that page and thinking of an example of good practice what would that be? I think first, first intuitions website. So, with each of the websites you mentioned, obviously we put the link in the show notes. But it's uh, www.firstintuition.co.uk. When I was exploring that, I was, I was, um, I was particularly struck by the, the the use of alignment on the website. Thank you. And the silver. Silver one is navigability. You know, how easy is it for users to find what they want to find? And the way I explore this is I I make a note of usually about half a dozen things that typical users of various types would want to find from a website. And then I just think, well, how, how, how readily did I find those? You know, was it easy to get to them? So let's take an example if we're dealing with membership bodies. The kind of questions that stakeholders might be asking would be something like, well, how do I join this? How, how do I qualify to join this organisation or, or to join the profession, the particular profession they represent? What are, what policy views? What, what's the, what do they advocate in, in terms of policy? Or what's, what's the point of this organisation? What does it think its mission is? Or... This, this website's about a particular profession and I don't really know anything about that profession. So as a layperson, what can I learn ab- about this profession? Or it might simply be, where's the annual report? How can I find the annual report and the annual accounts? And actually, when we're doing our business development process at FJ Wilson, we always look for the annual accounts and annual reports. And it's interesting how um, normally they are there somewhere on the website. And occasionally we have to go to company's house. But it's it can be very difficult to actually work out where they are. So the two questions I ask her are, okay. how much scrolling or clicking do I have to do to get to things? And it's worth bearing in mind in terms of accessibility, some people are scrolling, some people clicking, depending on the device that they're using. So there is an accessibility issue here. And then the key thing is decisions. Like how many decisions did I have to make and were they self-evident or did I have to guess? So when I'm trying to find the annual report, is it simply click, 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 there it is? Or is it, hmm, not sure which one option to go for here? And sometimes I go down the wrong one and it's a cul-de-sac. So actually just reviewing, well, how many decisions did that involve and how much 
consideration did each decision make will give a good index of the navigability oh that is key i feel like you've um hit trigger for me there anthony because i'm sure others will probably know the the frustrating feeling you get when you're looking for something on a website that should be simpler you know easy to find yeah. but you've got yes. to take yes a number of different routes to hopefully yes. get to where you need to go and and you know it gives you it gives you a thought or feeling about that organization which could be totally wrong um so what is a good example sort of of best practice i think the best practice here i found was uh, the um, rcpch which is the royal okay. college of pediatrics and child health okay fabulous um and finally what is the gold criteria that you use for assessing a website it's a question of how well a website um, functions or, or performs for a range of stakeholders mm. and this criterion is extremely easy to apply and i think it's the one that always sheds light in other words if you ask yourself this question how well are we providing for our range of stakeholders that's probably not going to be a dud question it probably will result in you thinking hmm Maybe we're not doing that groups so performing so well for that group. So the first thing to do is to write down the list of key stakeholders, the types. And there's no great consensus on how to categorise those, but um, uh, we've we've published, haven't we, a, 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 an episode already on the business of stakeholder management. So we put a reference in the show notes to that. But uh, the, the categorisation I use, as I say, it's not it's not authoritative, but I look at the current and prospective membership of the organisation, the current and uh, prospective employees, uh, the communities that they form part of, whether that's local communities or communities of practice, uh, the media, which I think these days I would include the social media in there as well, Um, the government and the people who make policies, uh, the the owners and investors, if that's actually pertinent to these particular organisations, their suppliers and the environment and it's worth saying a word about the suppliers i mean um, that's often the one that's overlooked and, and of course organizations can only be as good as their employ- uh, their su- suppliers definitely and from your sort of experience in assessing what's a good practice example i think it's the rcoa which is the royal college of anesthetists i think they're particularly good yeah. at you know it's clearly been a sort of element of their thinking that they want to provide for a range of stakeholders and if there was one thing you've noticed that would be most helpful to professional organizations to improve their websites what would that be i think it's the point i just mentioned it would be just like Mm -hmm. just go and look at your website through the eyes of a variety of stakeholders and i would say if you're if your organization's in any way typical you will find that some are provided for better than others and there will be gaps in provision. And I think as a way of challenging that, I would say start by looking at suppliers because in most cases, that's probably the area that people are weakest at. There we go. Um, So across our bronze, silver and gold, just to remind listeners, all those links will be in the show notes but they are, in terms of best practice websites, you've got the first intuition, the Royal College of Pediatrics and Child Health, and then the Royal College of Anesthetists, if I can say that word properly. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you very much again, Anthony, for some real tangible 
nuggets. It's a pleasure, Shira. Thank you. And thank you to our listeners. And please do join us for the next episode of Recruitment in the Modern World. The music for this episode comes courtesy of the composer Harry Chalmers. Thank you.